Well, if you are a Minnesotan in this room, I know some of you are guests from out of town, but if you're a Minnesotan, I can guarantee that most of you, if not all of you, have already commented on the fact that it's warm outside. And probably in the last few weeks, you commented on how dark it's been lately. And it has been very dark lately. And I don't just mean what's happening downtown at noon today. Uh, It's been very dark lately. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's been dark outside. We get up in the morning, it's dark. Go home from work, it's dark. And the truth is, uh, it's just a dark time of year. And darkness is the absence of light. Winter is full of darkness, full of the absence of life, light. And our lives can often be full of absences, lots of absences in our lives. And what we proclaim, what we come together every Christmas is to proclaim that Jesus is presence in our absence, that Jesus' presence comes into all the absences in our lives and in our world. And I hope that what you know deep down, what you remember at Christmas and that it stays with you long after is that Jesus' presence is your light. His presence comes to bring light into our darkness. And some of us are experiencing absence of people right now. Some of us are experiencing absence of purpose Some of us are experiencing absence of of peace or joy or or hope in our lives. Pastor John Tyson says that we often talk about God being absent from our lives. I know some of you may feel that way this morning. But in this culture of distraction, I wonder if we are the ones absent from him. What if the light has come? What if God's presence has come into our darkness, but we are so distracted and close off to the light? that we don't live lives that are available to what God's presence might mean for us. So I think rather than being overwhelmed by all the absences in your life, I hope that you are instead encouraged that the fullness of God's presence comes to you and comes to me. So to see how that looks in the Christmas story, I want you to grab your Bibles and turn to John chapter one. There are pew Bibles in front of you. It's page 1509 in the pew Bibles. John 1 is uh, admittedly a non-traditional Christmas text, but what it does is it gives a unique perspective on what happens 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. And it offers us a chance to understand who Jesus is and what he came to do. So John chapter 1, starting in verse 1, it says, in the beginning, so pause there, in the beginning. These are famous words in the Bible because they start the entire Bible. Genesis 1 starts with the words, in the beginning. And so what we see is whatever this author is doing in this writing, he's he's reaching back to the very beginning of history to tell the story of what he's doing. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So pause right there. The gospel writer John uses the word word to describe Jesus. He's talking about Jesus and he uses the word word. It's the Greek word for uh, word is logos. It just means word. And, And logos, I want you to think about it this way. When someone does what they've said they will do, if somebody says they'll do something and they follow through on it, we say they've kept their word. 
And so Jesus is God keeping his word. Jesus comes to fulfill the promises that God has made. In fact, John says very clearly that he is God himself. He is God, that he, through him all things were made, that Jesus coming is nothing less than God coming to earth to do the thing that he has promised to do. Now, what has God promised to do. Pick back up in verse four. It says, in him, in Christ, in the Logos was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So pause right there. Again, we hear echoes of the creation story. It says, the light has come to the world, which reminds us that when God created everything, God said, let there be light. So whatever is happening in this story, whatever God comes to do in Jesus is about addressing the need for light in the world. It goes all the way back to the beginning. And in the beginning, we have a story of creation, but we also have the story of fall. We have a story of, of sin and brokenness and darkness entering into our world. And, and what happens at Christmas is that story from all the way back is being addressed, is being dealt with. Because the fall is the story of brokenness and darkness coming into the world, of, of an absence of God and of a descent into darkness. But Christmas, this story is the story of God's presence coming into the world to bring healing and hope, to bring light into all the dark places. In fact, at the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation, it talks about a world where God has vanquished all sin and brokenness and death. And what it says is that there is perpetual light. There is never any darkness. This is the thing that God has promised to do, to come and rid the darkness from your life and from our lives and from our world, that he is at work defeating the darkness. And then the question is, how? How does God do the thing that he will do, which is to defeat the darkness? Pick back up, go all the way down to verse 14. It says, the word became flesh, the logos became flesh. Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Stop there. How does God step into our darkness with his presence? He comes to be with us. Some of you have seen a Star Wars show over the last few years called The Mandalorian. Uh, and The Mandalorian has a special friend. Uh, this is uh, affectionately known as Baby Yoda. He has a real name, though. What's his real name? Grogu. Grogu is his real name. And so The Mandalorian is this bounty hunter. He's a very serious, self-centered, focused, like he doesn't let anyone else in. He's on a mission and he doesn't care about anyone else. And then he comes across this child, Grogu, baby Yoda. And through the presence of baby Yoda over the course of several uh, episodes, over the course of uh, time together, we start to see the Mandalorian change. He starts to become softer. He starts to care for this child. Someone we thought could care for no one cares for this little child. The presence of Grogu, a baby Yoda in the Mandalorian's life starts to change things for him. And that's what we see, that presence matters. Presence starts to change things. I'm going to put him away so you don't focus on baby Yoda the rest of the time. 
Presence starts to change things. In fact, we might even say that presence is transformative. You've experienced this yourself because if you spend a lot of time around like coworkers or friends or family members, you might start to repeat things that they say or pick up on their mannerisms. If you hang around teenagers, you might start saying things like Riz. I'm embarrassing my teenagers. Uh, when I, tomorrow night, our family will fly to the South and I'll spend time around family in Alabama and I'll, I'll come back and I might have a little bit of a twang in my voice that you might pick up on, right? Like presence can be transformative. We know this light is transformative for plants. The presence of parents and grandparents transformative for children. Uh, the presence of loved ones for grieving families. We had four funerals at CPC this past week. And what we noticed was when, when friends and family gather around to love those who are grieving, it doesn't they don't do anything, they don't fix anything, but their presence matters. It's transformative. It's encouraging. It, it encourages them in their journey. Presence matters. And what we see is that God comes into the world to offer us nothing less than his presence. In fact, the Greek word or the Greek phrase for he made his dwelling among us literally means that God pitched his tent. Like God rolled up to the campsite and threw his tent out beside yours. Pastor Eugene Peterson in the message translation translates it this way. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. God comes to us. God comes into your darkness. See, we don't have to produce light. We don't have to go find it. We don't have to earn it or achieve it. God freely comes to us. His light comes into our darkness. Now, if you're anything like me, you probably have some areas in your life where it's really clear, like I would love to have some light shine into that darkness. But you probably also have some places where you're like, I'd rather keep the light away from that. I don't like to have my darkness pulled into the light or dealt with more than anyone else. I mean, I am good at pretending like I'm fine, like everything's okay. I don't need help. I'm good at stuffing it away and acting like it's no problem. As, as, as Taylor Swift says in the song, Daylight, everything, everyone looked worse in the light. Everyone looked worse in the light. When God draws near, when the light comes, it exposes the darkness. We have to take a sober look at our lives when the light comes and comes close to us. Because here's the thing. Jesus comes for the darkness that's holding on to you, but he also comes for the darkness that you're still holding on to. He comes for both. And because the gospel moves, because God is active, because he is real and present and transforming, I can be open to receive Jesus as my light. His presence can be the light in my life. It can be the light in the darkness that's holding on to me and the darkness I'm still holding on to. Because I think about all the times in my life when friends or family or coworkers have, have said the hard thing, when they've spoken to my darkness, when they brought it into light. And it's not easy, but it brings healing to it. It's better on the other side of it that light brings into full picture all of the things that we're holding on to or that's holding on to us. So you don't have to pretend like you're fine. You can trust that Jesus has come to be the loving and relentless light in your darkness. Now, I think there are at least three kinds of people with us today. At least three kinds. And see if you find yourself in one of these scenarios. There, some of us, 
need to be reminded that Jesus' presence is light in our darkness. Like maybe you're going through something hard. Maybe you're in a hopeless place. Maybe there's something that's heavy in your life and you just need to be reminded that he is with you in it. That he is light in your darkness. And here's the thing. If, if we're, we're in this room, if we cut off all the lights and it was pitch black and then we flip the lights back on, everything would be exactly the same, but there would be light. So the thing is, sometimes when you have light, it doesn't mean that all the hard stuff goes away or that everything is perfect or that nothing's ever bad, but it does mean that you can see it clearly for what it is and you can see that the pain isn't the only thing that exists and you're surrounded by others who love you. Some of us need to be reminded that his light is with us in the darkness. And there are some of us here, the second group, that some of us need to be reminded that his presence is light for our path. Some of us are walking in darkness. We're walking in anger or shame or regret or anxiousness. We're walking in darkness and we need light for our path. And I think many of us though, uh, we're not living these like awful, wicked lives. Some of us like we just, feel like life is purposeless. Like we're, we're, we're not going anywhere. We're stuck in neutral. And, and sometimes like that in and of itself can be a kind of darkness. Living with the absence of purpose. So what we find is that Jesus comes to walk alongside of us, to walk with us, to lead us in ways of freedom and of grace and of truth that we can walk in the light that is Christ with us. And finally, some of us need to know that we are called to shine light in the darkness, right? Maybe God has you in a place for a purpose. Maybe God's calling you to shine light. Maybe he's calling you to, to bring justice and healing into places of oppression and despair. Or maybe he's just calling you to bring peace into a tumultuous family dinner table tonight. Or maybe he's calling you to love those on your team or at your school or, or at work that are unlovable and unseen. Maybe he's calling you to be light to those people. God has put you in those places for a reason. And you can't be light because you're good, but you can be light because he's good and he's with you. His light is the presence that you shine in the world. Transformation is possible because the light comes near to us and the light is crushing the darkness so we can open our hands to receive what God has done. There is God who loves you and has demonstrated his love in the most beautiful way possible. He sends his son to earth. And that's what we're celebrating at Christmas, to rescue us, to die so that we might not live in the power of death and darkness, but in the power of life and light. This is the good news that we bask in at Christmas, that the light has come into our darkness. A few years ago, my wife Ashley and I were in uh, Southern Utah on a, on a vacation with our family. And we got up early one morning and went to, to Bryce Canyon National Park. And we ran the rim uh, in the dark before sunrise. We ran the rim of the canyon. And then we got you know, treated to a spectacular sunrise that came up while we were running. And what I remember is we started off and it was pitch black. It was dark. We had headlamps. We're running along this trail. And, uh, and we're just kind of like, you're focused on your feet, on your next step. You're, you're very sort of isolated and looking down. But then when the sun came up 
and there's the beautiful canyon stretched out in front of you. It raises your head and you look around and you see things you didn't see before. When the light comes into our darkness, we see new possibilities. It's not that everything is perfect. Some things are still hard. We were still running. But the light helped us see things that we could not see before. New things were possible. And I hope that we're open to receive the blessings that God has for us, to receive the light that comes into our lives and into the world, that Jesus, the light, has come into our darkness. That's what we proclaim this Christmas season. Amen? I'm going to invite the band to come back up and and prepare to lead us. And um, every Christmas we light the Christ candle to remind ourselves that the presence of the light of the world is with us. This isn't just something academic that we talk about. It's something that we get to experience for ourselves. That the light of God has come into the world and therefore transformation is possible. Transformation is possible because God's presence means light. And that means light in your darkness. The light comes for you and for me. The light comes for us. The light comes for everyone. And the light comes everywhere.